Welcome to Chase Oaks. We are so glad that you're here on this pre-Thanksgiving weekend, wherever you're watching from. We are so glad that you have decided to partake in church, whether it's in person or online. We have been in a series doing a collection of talks called Love Like Jesus. And here's what we've been doing. We've been looking at the life of Jesus and trying to copy and paste his love into our relationships and looking at his life as a blueprint for how we should relate with one another. And what I want to talk to you about today is how Jesus loved the unacceptable. He loved the unacceptable. There, it's like these groups and these individuals of people that a lot of people spend a lot of energy ostracizing or keeping distance between. It's like Jesus spent a whole lot of energy and time growing closer to these people that we often find to be unacceptable. I believe that you and I, we live in a world where change is a precursor to acceptance. But with Jesus, we find that acceptance is a precursor to change. You know, this is a a time and season, a holiday season, where... We have a tendency to zoom in and highlight a bunch of the relationships that we've been able to accumulate up until this point. We begin to dissect and look at the quality of those relationships, and we really feel that around the holidays. Like, who's really our friend, and how are we really doing with our friends? We also feel the weight, not only of the relationships we've accumulated and the quality of those in that time. We also feel the weight of the relationships we've lost, especially in a year like 2020. I mean, I just know so many friends that have so much anxiety over Thursday dinner. So many people that are just going, I got to sit across from them. They're coming over. I mean, I got friends that are pretending to fake COVID this week so that they don't have to be around that person, okay? They're coughing. They got fevered, okay? They turn up the heat in their house. They're like, no, I don't want them to come over. I mean, I don't know who's going to be at your table, but might I suggest that you invite the love of Jesus to that table? Might I suggest that you try on for size something different than culture's ever offered you? Might I suggest that you try and use Jesus' life as a blueprint for how you sit across the table from anybody? This weekend, I want to look at somebody in Scripture that I believe has often been deemed as unacceptable. You might be familiar with this character. You might be unfamiliar with this character. I want to give you some background on him. His name is Zacchaeus. Scripture tells us in Luke chapter 19, it says, he entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. Uh, For those of you that uh, don't understand uh, what a tax collector was in Scripture, um, we're not talking about uh, H&R Block, okay? Uh, we're not talking about um, the IRS. Um, it would be the equivalent of combining the IRS um, and a gang, okay? And so here's, here's how it worked. Um, a lot of tax collectors were actually Jews who had betrayed Jews to uh, come into cohorts with the Roman government. And so what they did is they would actually bully people out of money more than what was owed. So let's just say uh, you were to purchase a house. Well, a tax collector would come to your house and say, hey, did you pay taxes on it? You say, yes. 
Well, then Roman soldiers would hold spears up to you and say, well, hey, we need more tax on this property. To which you would go, I already paid taxes on this property and say, hey, sorry, you owe us more money. I mean, these tax collectors were despised by society. In fact, in Scripture, you will see this verse. It says that Jesus was eating with sinners and tax collectors, okay? Tax collectors were so bad, they got their own category, okay? Even a murderer was like, at least I'm not a tax collector, okay? Like, like these were not good human beings. They, they, these, these were people that were despised by, by society. And what we find out about Zacchaeus is he's the chief tax collector. He's not just the worst of the worst. He's the chief of the worst. Of the worst. And what I want you to see today is this is that Jesus looked past four things to love the unacceptable Zacchaeus. And those are four things that I think that we should look past to love the people in our world. The first thing is this we should love people regardless of their history. Regardless of what they've done, instead of holding up their scorecard, instead of always holding their history and their past against them. I believe that we should love people regardless of their history. In fact, here's what I believe with all my heart. Imagine what our relationships would look like if we focus not on who they've been, but who they could be. I mean, let's just be honest. Aren't we all a result of somebody that simply believed in our potential to be better than we were? Somebody that gave us a chance when we did not deserve it. I mean, imagine if we were to copy and paste that kind of love into our relationships for people that we deem unacceptable because of the things that they've done in their past, because of the stigma that's on their life. Imagine if we were people that said, you know what? I'm a love like Jesus, no matter what you've done. Can you imagine if you're Zacchaeus? Can you imagine you're the chief tax collector? And here comes this Jesus, and now Jesus, Jesus knows who you are. You've got a negative reputation in town. Yet Jesus is going, hey, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm good. I, it, I'm not bothered by the fact at what people think you are. I can see what you can be. You want to know one of the greatest prayers that would change your life? You want to know one of the greatest prayers that would change every relationship you have? If you began praying this prayer. Lord, help me see them how you see them. Lord, help me see who they can be. May I not hold it against them who they've been thus far. And who knows what that love might do to change somebody's life. The second thing we see about Zacchaeus is he wasn't just the chief tax collector. Scripture tells us that he was, well, that he was rich. Jesus is going, you know what? I can look past your economic status to see who you really are. The second thing that I want to encourage us to do is we shouldn't just love others regardless of their history. I believe we should love others regardless of their wealth. It's like Jesus had this ability to go, you know what? <laughs> I don't care about your house. I mean, I'm glad you got the car. I'm glad business is going well. I'm glad your portfolio is looking all right in 2020. I'm, I'm glad you got that cash stuff underneath your bed. Hi, hey, however, whatever, your, whether you got your, your money's funny or not, I, Jesus is going, I'm not moved by that. My, my love isn't going up and down based off of 
your wealth, you might be in, in, under a, a pile of debt right now. Jesus is going, yeah, I, I still, I still love you. You're, you're going to get the same amount of love from me regardless of what you can do for me. Um, I had this math teacher in high school. What he would do when he would go to restaurants was awesome. He would go and uh, he would bring, you know, probably about 15 to 20 ones, okay? And he'd stack them all and spread them out on the table. And as the service uh, that he was getting went up or down, he would take away dollars or add dollars, okay? So if he said, yeah, can I get a refill? And they forgot, he would just take away $2. And slowly but surely, that waiter or waitress would come back and be like, uh, what happened to the... And they slowly started to see their, their tip diminish or increase based off of, 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 of how they were treating my teacher. And ultimately what happens is he saw the treatment that he was getting increase the more dollars he put on the table. Um, I, I, I have a friend who uh, makes pretty good money. Uh, he was shopping for a house the other day. And the lady that was showing him a house... She showed him uh, the, the standard house. And he said, hey, I, I want to look at, at the upgraded house. And she said, well, I, I don't think you can afford that. I mean, she, she made a judgment off of him based off of his car. But what she didn't realize is that uh, he's in uh, financial planning. And so his Prius is there by choice. And he actually knows the builders themselves. He golfs with them. And so once he dropped their names, all of a sudden... She started treating him a whole lot different. Oh, you know that? Oh, I'm sorry. Let, let, me, let, let me show you the works. I mean, sometimes we unconsciously do this and we treat certain people better than others based off of how they look, based off of the perception we have, based off of the car they drive, based off of the neighborhood that they live in. But Jesus is going, hey, Zacchaeus, I can see your history. I can see your wealth. I can see your economic status, and I'm not moved by either. I'm just moved by love. And I'm going to accept you just as you are. <laughs> I've heard this quote so many times, I don't know who said it. Character is how you treat those who can do nothing for you. Many best-selling authors. You pick one, okay? But isn't this true? I mean, isn't this the test for all of us to go, hey, man, this is a person that can do absolutely nothing for me, and this is how we find out exactly who we really are. Uh, I love what we see in verse 3. It says, Zacchaeus, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not. He couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd. But ladies and gentlemen, I believe Jesus could see him despite the crowd. And the third thing I want to encourage us with this weekend is we should love others regardless of their crowd. Regardless of what is standing in between them and Jesus. And oftentimes I have so many friends who are on the wrong side of public opinion. And because of public opinion, it could make it difficult to, to love them because of, of, of who they are. Uh, somebody, somebody tweeted me the other day. They're like, I can't believe you follow this person. I'm like, uh, I can't follow an NBA player. Like, like because I follow them, what, does, what, what, what in the world does that mean? Let, let me ask you this. How in the world are we going to make an impact on a world we're not even willing to follow? 
I mean, how in the world are we going to make an impact on the world that we wouldn't even be willing to go to dinner with? I have a pastor friend who has designated a nonprofit organization, which is a ministry to reach politicians on both sides of the aisle, and he has set up shop in D.C. In every post, he gets crucified. I can't believe you would sit with them. And then the other side goes, I can't believe you would sit with them. And on some level, he's going, for the ministry God's called me to do, man, I'm going to have to reach some people that you may not be okay with me sitting with. I mean, the the reality for you and I is I, I think we all can fall prey to having this crowd in our head. And the crowd for Zacchaeus, we even find it in verse 7. It says, and when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. That's right. Can you believe that? Jesus is going, I don't care what people think about you. I just love you anyway. I don't care. I'm here for you, Zacchaeus. I can't tell you how many friends I have that have found themselves in a situation where they've committed adultery. And I'll go to lunch with them to help them figure out how they can rebound, how they can get their life back a little bit. And people will be like, you're going to lunch with, with them? As if the plan was to ostracize them as a unified group. Because that would do what for them? I have never seen ostracization lead to repentance. I have never seen us Heismaning different individuals based off of things that have happened in their life and past mistakes and failures lead to change of any kind. But I've seen love change a life more times than I can count. And sometimes I think we got to be willing to sit with somebody, even if it doesn't make us look good. You might be watching this message right now, and maybe you've got a past. Maybe you've got a divorce on your record, and it feels like a scarlet letter that you have, and you don't even feel like you can go to church. Maybe you've got a prison record. Maybe you've got a bankruptcy that's been lingering over your head, and you're just embarrassed to tell somebody. Can I tell you something about the house of God? You can come just as you are, and you will find the love of Jesus here. Just as you are. And this is what I love about Jesus. When Jesus loves us just as we are, he doesn't leave us just as we are. His love transforms our life. And I can only imagine what would happen if we were to take that and copy and paste that into our relationships. You know what I found to be true? Is it's difficult to love the unacceptable and worry about how it makes us look at the same time. I mean, at some point in time, you got to do the right thing for the right reason. You got to cross the street to that neighbor that you don't understand, and people might look at you funny, but sometimes you got to look funny to do the right thing and to love like Jesus. And then it says this: it says, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. <sighs> You know how many friends you and I have who are trying to figure out who Jesus is? And there's a crowd in their way. God, I hope and pray that we love people past their crowd. My heart breaks for people who are looking for Jesus and all they're finding is post. 
And I wonder what would happen if they would just, if that Christian that they work with, if that Christian they live next to, if that Christian that they go to the gym with would just pause long enough to go and love them like Jesus. He says, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Oh, I love Jesus so much. His love has impacted my life. I hope that we can do this for people. You know, it's like ever since we were born, we were all given this tree to climb to win people's love. It's like we were all given this tree. Hey, man, if, if you get this car, maybe you can be in this club. Man, maybe if, if you become a better golfer, then man, maybe you can be in this club. Okay, maybe if you live in this neighborhood, then maybe you can be in this club. And if you wear these clothes, and if you get this job, and if you get this degree, here's this tree, here's this tree, here's this tree. Some of us went to some parties to climb a tree just to be accepted by a group. And here comes Jesus looking at Zacchaeus and he's going, <laughs> you don't need the tree. I don't need you to perform for me. Ladies and gentlemen, the last thing I want to encourage us to do is we should love others regardless of their performance. My open prayer for each and every one of us is that we wouldn't have performance-based relationships. No song and dance here. That you can come just as you are. You don't have to imp impress me with your accolades. You don't have to impress me with who you know. You don't have to impress me with your followers. You don't have to impress me with your vacation. You don't have to impress me with your new car. You don't have to impress me. My love isn't for sale. I'm just... Somebody gave it to me and I didn't deserve it. So I'm going to give it to you whether I think you deserve it or not. Do you imagine if... If we did this, I mean, I just, I just want us to think about this just for a minute. If we can't earn relationship with God with performance, how can we expect others to earn relationship with us with performance? Because there is nothing you can do to get God to love you. Despite your amazing church attendance, despite if you've been in a small group, despite if you've gone on a mission trip, despite if you've got a bumper sticker. I mean, that's real Christianity right there. That's next level. I mean, right, regardless of, of, of what, you, what signs and, and paints, paintings you have in your home that make you go, oh, Jesus, look at me. He's going, I've already been looking at you. You don't, you don't need the tree, man. Maybe, man. I wish I could call this message, come down. I wish I could just pull somebody close and go, sweetie, you don't need the tree. How many of us are trying to find the right filter, climbing trees to get a couple of likes? When Jesus is going, no filter, nothing but love. How doesn't the love of Jesus change everything? How wouldn't the love of Jesus change your table? How wouldn't the love of Jesus change your house, change your apartment, change your job? There's no performance. It just changes everything. I love Zacchaeus' response. It says, so he hurried, came down, and received him joyfully.
Verse 8 tells us this. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Zacchaeus is on the come up. Zacchaeus has changed his ways. He has made a turnaround. Revival has happened in Zacchaeus' heart. You know what's interesting? Jesus didn't see Zacchaeus in a tree and say, Hey, Zacchaeus, why don't you change, man? Would you get your act together? I know you've been cheating people out of money. Don't nobody like you, but you're rich. So this is how we're going to fix this, man. You're going to have to give up all your money. Sorry. Now you can come follow me. Make your choice. What you going to do? No. Jesus just loved him right where he was in that tree. And the love of Jesus compelled him to come out of the tree fast. And that love made Zacchaeus go. I want to change my life. No one's ever loved me like this. <laughs> Jesus didn't ask him to change. Jesus just said, dinner's on you tonight, Zacchaeus. <laughs> I wonder if there's somebody coming to our table this week that we've deemed unacceptable. I wonder if there's somebody at our table this week, this holiday season, that we don't want to be there that we think, well, if you would change, then I would happily serve you. That I wonder, if you just happily serve them, if they might change. Because they've never seen love like what Zacchaeus saw at dinner at his house. My hope and prayer for every single person watching this message is what happened at dinner with Zacchaeus and Jesus. What happened at dinner with you and the people you love the most. And my hope and prayer is that those people that you sit across the table from over the next 30 days, that you would love them how Jesus loved Zacchaeus. Even if you think that what they've done who they've been has been unacceptable. I think when we love the unacceptable like Jesus, we actually give unacceptable people an opportunity to live like Jesus. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity we've had to look at a story perhaps many of us have been familiar with. Lord, I pray each and every person under the sound of my voice that has somebody in their life that they've deemed unacceptable. I pray for each and every person that has somebody that they're going to be sitting next to or sitting across to that they don't want to be, that they struggle with that. And God, I pray that you would give them the strength this season to love those people how you would love those people. We can't do it on our own. We got lots of frustrations, lots of history. Lots of reasons why there would be some space between us. But Lord, I pray that you would give us your strength. That we would borrow your love. To love those that we often find unacceptable. May we love like you.
In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen.